Okay, your, 30, your 40 seconds has gone. It's finished now. Good morning, everybody. My name is Godlison Palanjo. I'm a member of this wonderful church. Um, it's been always my favorite place to be, and especially today. We were just singing, worshiping the Lord and the presence of the Lord being here with us. And it's my family. Always being here is a great thing. And today speaking on Joseph, it's amazing. Because me and Joseph, we got quite a lot of similarities. Um, he's not black, though. He's, uh, <laughs> so just to let you know, he's not black. But he's not black, but he's one of 11, and I'm one of 11. Uh, you didn't know that, did you? Okay. And he's a son. He's, a, he's not short either because we don't know about that. We don't know the height, but probably he's a bit taller than me, just a just tiny bit taller than me. He's a son of, um, they used to have livestock. My whole life, up to age of 14, 15, I used to tend my father's sheep and goats and cows. So when I read story of Joseph, there's a lot of things that makes me think about him. The only difference is that he's the youngest and I'm not. That is the downside of it. He's the youngest who is trying to be the eldest, which is a bit weird because in that culture, which is similar to my culture, the youngest one is always somewhere hidden. You don't see him often, but he's trying. And that's why you see there's that family clash because it's unheard of that the youngest one trying to be a ruler of the whole family. Anyway, I really want to thank God for being here, particularly being here today for various reasons. God has been so overwhelmingly faithful to my life. Since childhood up to the point where I am today, I can say is only God can make that happen. It's no, nothing I can stand here and be proud and say, I did it, I made it. It's only God can make that happen. One reason, be one of 11 is always a challenge. There's always not enough in the family. Up to the age of 15, I never travel more than 30 miles at the age of 15. I boarded my first flight just a few years ago. <laughs> but with all this life, I've seen God leading me himself. For me standing here, talking to these wonderful people, and talking to them the word of living God, I can say with no uh, uh, doubt, saying it's only God can do that. So when I speak about Joseph, I speak with passion because I know where God has brought him from. Because I know where God has brought me from. From looking to my father's sheep and goats and uh, cows, to standing here in London talking to these wonderful people of God, it's only God can do that. 
And this humbles me. Because it's only God can do that. So this morning, I'm going to take you a little back to why Joseph went to Egypt and what is the significance of that for him to be in Egypt and what God was trying to do to send Joseph there. And one of the things when I was going through this, I wished only one thing, that if Joseph would have known where God was leading him. But in many lives, even in your life and my life, God doesn't tell us where he's leading us. So we can focus our trust in him without wavering. So this morning I'll be taking you into uh, looking at the significance of Joseph being sent to Egypt. But also, as I'll be speaking from Genesis chapter 41, uh, verse 1 to 46, I'll be looking into that chapter in three categories. I'll be looking into Pharaoh's dream, Joseph's interpretation of the dream, and Joseph rising into power. But then from there, I'll draw a few things which we'll take home as a way of applying the Word of God in our lives, because that's the reason we're here. We're not here just to hear the good story of Joseph, or just to hear this African guy standing there and talking to you. We are here because we are hungry and we want to hear the Word of God and put it into application. So I would love to invite my wife to read for us today. And just to be honest with you, the village boy... I don't even know how that happened, that God led me to marry this beautiful woman. <laughs> it's only God who can lead to that. <laughs> Please read for us. Sorry, so I didn't you. hear what you said. <laughs> okay. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile when out of the river there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. And the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek, fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. In the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon, when he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. For I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. I and want you to, ch to, to have your attention on that one. It's not me. God will give Pharaoh good in interpretation or good 
answer. Carry on. <laughs> I'm then gonna. I'm not gonna repeat the dream that um, Pharaoh says to Joseph. I'm gonna skip to um, afterwards. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterwards are seven years and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered, because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man, and put him in charge of the land of Egypt." Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials, so Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, note that as well. <laughs> Just make sure that you note that as well. Man full of spirit of God. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and people shouted before him. Make way, thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name zaphnath paniah and gave him Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, to be his wife, and Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Charlotte, for reading for us. This is the story, and I'm not going to repeat the whole story again, but I want us to think of how God has been working and doing things with Joseph. And as I said from the beginning, if Joseph would have only knew where God was leading him, he would have said, yes, thank you for, for, for selling me to Egypt as a slave, because he would have think there's something better is going to happen, but God didn't show him that. I said I'll talk a little bit about the significance of uh, Joseph being in Egypt. Without having Joseph in Egypt, we don't have the story of prom promised land. Without having Joseph in Egypt, we don't have that epic story of Exodus. 
where we see God departing Red Sea and doing all these great things. We do not have that if Joseph did not go to Egypt. But also, if Joseph didn't go to Egypt or was not sold to Egypt, we would not have Egypt and Israel, one of the very important uh, nations throughout the stories of the Bible. So God was about something when he, when, when he sent Joseph to Egypt. He, was, he had a plan of 400 years. As the Bible says in, my Bible tells me in Genesis chapter 15 verse 13, it says, Then the Lord said to Abraham, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in the land that is not theirs, and you will be servant there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring the judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterward they shall come out with great possession. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in good old age. They shall come back here in the fourth generation. For the iniquity of Amorites is not complete. What we see here is God having a plan of sending uh, the, the children of Israel back to Canaan, but he cannot send them at that particular time because the nation that was living there, their evil, their sins, hasn't reached the top. God is giving them time so that when he starts wiping them out, he knows that he has done just to them. And that's why we have Joseph being in Egypt in a very... Um, sad way, being sold by his brothers. But God was up to something. When we come to chapter 41, and I think last Sunday you heard about him, the last time you heard of, about Joseph was him interpreting a dream of two guys which they were Pharaoh's officials who were imprisoned. And in that interpretation, he told one of the guys that he interpreted his dream, when you go, because I know it's going to happen, that you'll be called back to your office, to not forget me. What that guy did? Completely forgot about him. Two years. But you know what? God never forgot Joseph. Two years afterwards, Pharaoh, the man himself in charge of the whole country, had a dream and two dreams. Looked around his kingdom. Nobody has ability to interpret the dream. Who shall we look for? There's a guy, said the Kabera, who when I dreamed, he interpreted our dream and in three days came exactly how he interpreted. I could imagine seeing Pharaoh nodding his head and saying, I need that guy to come here right now. He's the man we want him to be here. And Joseph comes in, and when he comes in, he asks Pharaoh to, to say what he dreamed about. What I love the most is when he didn't shy away about God, when he said, it's not me, but God will make this happen. Will he help me to interpret the dream?
And I think that's a very important thing to, to, to remember. There are a lot of opportunities that come sometimes and people thinking and trying to wait and see how do you respond about something concerning God. Even sometimes people ask you, oh, are you Christian? <laughs> yeah, I am Christian. Yeah, yeah, I'm Christian. Yeah, yeah. But I, I go to church once in a while. You don't want to admit to say clearly, yes, I'm Christian. I love Jesus. It happens. Yeah, I've seen several times. One of the things that was really difficult for me as a teenager is when I was called on um, school, school um, general assembly and I was asked to pray for general uh, assembly in our school. And immediately one of the teachers came, I think he was Muslim or something, and he said, do not mention Jesus in your prayer. I prayed a prayer with agony because I desperately wanted to mention Jesus in that prayer. I went home beating myself up because I felt like I've let Jesus down. And I remember my mom saying, don't worry about that. Jesus is bigger than that. He will give you a million times to mention him. And I felt relieved. So we have Joseph here trying to interpret. And at the very center of the, of, of the, of the nation, talking to, to Pharaoh, a guy who himself regards as a god, and you tell him that God, another god, will give interpretation to what you've dreamt about. That is not easy. It's easy when we read it because we are in London. But it wasn't easy for Joseph saying that before the Pharaoh. But he knew that this God who saved me when my brothers chucked me in the pit. I knew this God who saved me from just making me to be here with Pharaoh is a big step. I know this God. And I'll proudly say it's him who is going to interpret this dream. We need to be proud about our God when, when, when opportunities come. We don't need to share away and say, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian, yeah, yeah. Let's say boldly, I am Christian, and I worship the God who created heaven and earth. And we carry on, what we see here again is that when God called somebody to a something or to do something, he leads and he guides that person. So we have seen through life of Joseph that God called him in a very young age, and if there's young people here, pay attention to that, in a very young age, 17 years old, in something that himself he couldn't even think probably how that would happen. If somebody just stand in the family and say, if my youngest brother stand and say, listen, you know, I dreamed one day, you, all of you, will be born before. I would think he's insane. I would think he's going crazy. The same thing happened to Joseph. But he knew that God has called him to something. And he starts saying it. But saying it didn't come down very well. Brothers, they start thinking, what are you doing? 
We know you are just a teenager with, with, with the pride. Stop being arrogant. Whatever the way God uh, spoke to him, because we don't really know how God speaks to Joseph in so many ways because there's no interaction of him and God. He's just saying, oh, yeah, I saw this dream and I saw this and I saw this one. But God started guiding him. I'll give you an example. First, in Potiphar's house, when he went there, because God was preparing to be a leader, to be a ruler, to be somebody who will stand before people and lead and guide he was put in charge of everything in Potiphar's house. And remember, Potiphar's house is, quite, is, is, is a top guy in the army. And before Joseph, remember, there were other people who were in charge of a different department in his house. So he wasn't just there alone, one guy and leading some other few people. There were quite a lot of people. Second, because God was preparing to be a leader in prison, when he went to the prison, the Bible says... God put him in charge of all prisoners who were there. You see how God is leading him from step to step. And then we see God in chapter 41 going and meeting Pharaoh to fulfill what God has been planning for him for many years. But one of the things that we need to remember is that it's never easy. As John Greenway showed us his wonderful, nice, well-done uh, PowerPoint, that life is not just straight line. Go different ways. And sometimes in that meander of life, you lose sight. You wonder if God is still with me in this. You wonder if still... I'm in the right path with God. But today, I want to remind you that even in that time when you feel like you're alone and God is not there, God is always there. This is the only God that can go to prison with somebody. This is the only God that can go in the pit with somebody. Other gods, they won't go. And this is God we have been celebrating here this morning. I love this God. I love him because he's real. I love him because he goes beyond our thinking capacity. I love the way it says in Chapter 39, verse 20. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor. The keeper of the prison put him in charge of all prisoners who were there. Because God was preparing him. The question that I want you to keep asking yourself is, what is it God preparing you into? Or where is God leading you? Because all of us here, God has something for us. There's nobody who say, I have nothing that God has inside me to do. But it doesn't have to be as grand as what Joseph did. 
It could be just coming here and pouring people a cup of tea. To God is as grand as what Joseph did. Because the kingdom of God, sometimes, I can compare it with um, massive tailoring factory where everyone is playing his part. If the ones who cuts things in the proper measure doesn't do it, I see, I see, I see Danny there uh, smiling. <laughs> the person who is going to use the sewing machine will not go the proper measurement. The person who is ironing, if he doesn't do it properly, that cloth won't look proper. So the kingdom of God does need all of us to be in that, in, in, in that massive factory of doing what God wants us to do. I want to just remind a little bit of uh, young people in our church that sometimes we feel we are too young to do something for the kingdom. But Joseph was only 17 when God called him. It doesn't have to be as amazing as you see in Joseph's life. But it can be what you can do and you believe this is what God is calling you to do. Because my Bible tells me, and this is for everyone, but you are chosen race, royal priesthood, a whole nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are his position. So when you take that church, either you're in fab, either you're doing cap, whether you're doing uh, food bank, do it because you are doing for the Lord. And this is the amazing thing that God has placed for everybody. Also, my Bible tells me this. For our young people here, today I'm, I'm with you guys. Let no one despise your youth, but set an example for the believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Joseph has showed us an example of that. Even when the time was really difficult for him as a teenager, still has that faith and trust and knowing that I'm here with God. Interpreted the, 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 the dream and told him, this is going to happen. And God showed this twice to you because it has been completely decided and it's going to happen. And I love the last part of it when he's pitching, pitching for a job. <laughs> and telling, we need excellent men. We need a man full of wisdom. And already Pharaoh have seen it that, you know, we need a person who is full of the Spirit of God. And that's one of the things when Charlotte was reading, I told you, remember that. A person who is full of the Spirit of God. And Pharaoh could see that very clear. That this is the man we need to be in charge of this. The world out there is looking for answers. Answers for some things that they cannot get. And you might be the, that person who the world is looking for. Yeah. 
saying, we need a person like this who will say, this is what the Lord is going to do, and this is how it should be done. Because Joseph did not just give interpretation of the dream, but he offered a solution. Yeah, you're going to have to appoint one person. That could be me. <laughs> and you give other people who work with that person. And Pharaoh, you could see him nodding the head. He's like, this man knows he's talking about. Because the Spirit of God was with him. And that's what we need in the church. Knowing that God, God's Spirit is crucial, is vital in our lives as we move forward. Because some of the things we just, we are not smart enough to be able to bring solutions. It's only when God's Spirit is with us is when we speak and people, they listen. Because if the Spirit of God is not there, we're just as normal as everybody else. And that's why Moses said to God, if your presence is not going with us, do not send us. Because we don't want to go alone. We will be just as everybody, every nation. Before I finish, I want to remind you that sometimes things cannot be the way you want them to be. You might experience tremendous opposition from the people that you care the most, from your own family, from your job, from your office. But you need to remember, God is still there with you. When Joseph was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, he knew I've done nothing wrong. My God is here with me and his witness. There's nothing to fear if you know that you are right with him. When he was thrown into jail, he knew he is here with me. I have nothing to worry. At the age of 30, he became a person second in command in the Egyptian kingdom. That's, that's really, really high. <laughs> From prison to be as the equivalent of prime minister, that's really, it takes only God to do that. And I want to remind you also, even when things doesn't make sense around you, you need to remember that there's God who makes sense. When we don't know what's tomorrow going to look like, we do not worry because we know who holds tomorrow. And that is the God that we worship. That's the God that has taken me a journey from 15 years old guy who never traveled more than 30 miles. Today, I'm here speaking to these wonderful people. It's only God can do that. If you can put that quote there for me, and I want you to take this with you before I ask us to stand and I'll pray for you for some specific things that I want you to listen and we pray together for that. Can Charlotte, can you read for us that one? You know, English is not my first language, so if I read, I might read in Swahili, so. <laughs> I'm 
might have to read this. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think the reason we sometimes have the false sense that God is so far away is because that is where we have put him. We have kept him at a distance. And then when we are in need and call on him in prayer, we wonder where he is. He is exactly where we have left him. That's Ravi Zakharan. I want to leave you with that. God is not that far. Sometimes you are the ones who put him there. And when we are so far away, we start wondering, God, where are you in this? God, just wondering, you left me there and you walked away. Can we stand up and I'll pray with specific people. When I was preparing this, I felt really that we need, I need to pray for people who feels like their family have let them down massively. There are people who feels like they know God has called them to something and they know it, but they feel like they're imprisoned by circumstances. They don't know how to start. I want to pray with those people as well. But there are people who also feel, I'm not good enough to do anything. Remember Joseph said, it's not me, it's God. Those three people, those three type of people, not three individuals, but three type of people. As the, and I'm just going to, there will be elders here and other people praying, but I want specifically to pray, and if you feel that you're one of those people, you can come forward afterwards, or you can come now, and we will be praying for you. If you feel like the family has let you down massively, and you have resentment, you have feeling that it's just because of them, I wouldn't be far, far ahead. Wow, I would have achieved so much. And I feel like God is saying, let it go and let him do. Heavenly Father, gracious God, Father, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, we have gone through this series of Joseph, not just because we, it's a nice to hear story, but because we want to learn from it. And Father, I pray for those who feel they have been let down by the family and they have resentment and they have grudge and pain. Father, that you help them to let it go and let you take control. I pray, Lord, and I ask you now that you do this for the sake of these people, Lord. But also, Father, I want to pray for those who feel that you have called them, but they are scared because they don't know how. Pray that, Lord, you show them how. I pray that, Lord, you will open those doors which have been locked for many years. I pray that, Lord, today there will be a new beginning. I pray that will be a time for them to be elevated, oh, Lord, because you are God who can do that. Father, we thank you because you are here with us and we bless your name that you be doing things in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus.
I pray. Amen.